Stahlcast, the German football pod brought to you by The Athletic. In today's episode, we talk Schalke Shambles, Werder Woes, Leipzig Labors and Gladbach going to Freiburg and losing 1-0. In non-alliteration news, there's also a nod to Bayern's win at Leverkusen and Dortmund's 1-0 over the newly sexy Hertha. My experts this week are Christoph Biermann and Jonathan Harding. But before we get down to it, I'd like to remind you, my dear listener, that there's a very in-depth piece about the stories of young Werner, Timo Werner, on his journey to becoming Germany's best striker, available for your perusal on The Athletic, as well as this week's column, which tells you everything you ever wanted to know about 17-year-old teen sensation Florian Wirtz, who became the youngest Bundesliga goalscorer on Saturday. All of this and much more is available for 40% off if you go to theathletic.com forward slash Bundesliga's back. Gents, thanks for taking part as always. What would you like to talk about today? I'll, I'll, I'll let you decide the first topic. Christoph. Let's talk about Schalke. Okay. <laughs> you want to start on a real positive, uplifting note. Yeah, very uplifting. Okay, let's talk about Bayern then. <laughs> Schalke is good. Schalke is good. Well, Schalke, no, is, Schalke not good. is not good. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. They are not at all good. They are the the, the worst team still uh, of the second part of the season and they had a terrible week, uh, not only concerning uh, sports. They lost their head of um, finance Peter Peters after 27 years in charge at uh, at Schalke and uh, one of the reasons was um, that uh, Schalke was a very unsensitively carrying out the how, how, how can I say that they well they offered to reimburse the existing ticket holders but only in January 2022 and people who wanted the money a little bit earlier were asked to explain to the club why it was that they were short on cash and should be considered a charitable case, which is, yeah, a strange way of dealing <laughs> with, with your supporters. Uh, yeah, and they uh, what, what what did they get? They, they, they got a, a shitstorm, a proper one, especially in, in, in this situation where every, uh, all Schalke fans are deeply frustrated about the uh, state of things on the pitch. I think it's very, it was a very unsensitive way to get to, to your supporters. I mean, a lot of clubs in Germany have asked their supporter that they don't have to reimburse them with the uh, with the part of the season where they bought tickets for and uh, they can't actually watch because uh, people have the right to, to get the money back. They also, so, so Schalke legally was right. Uh, there is a law that they can postpone it to the 1st January of 2022, but you can't do it like uh, they did. And, um, and now they turned around, uh, kind of apologized and yeah, presented the head of their uh, finance manager of, of the club to the supporters. So, a very strange week of a very strange club in a very strange time because they, I mean, that they did it, how they did it uh, is has also to do with the very, very difficult financial situation the club is in right now. Hey, Christoph, I want to ask you, uh, and, and of course, Jonathan, more about Schalke's performance on the pitch, but I, one thing I really need to understand first, um, we do know that the father of Gary and Phil Neville is called Neville Neville. 
But how did Peter Peters get his name? <laughs> I wanted to ask that question. Does he have a son called Peter as well? I think he doesn't have have uh, uh, kids, uh, as as far as I know. And uh, maybe we should should ring uh, his father or his mother um, and and ask them about it. What 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 they had in mind? Okay. Well, what did um, David Wagner have in mind uh, this week? Um, they did get a one-one draw. Uh, against Union, I guess in the context of things that was probably a point one, but certainly in the first half or the first half of the first half, Schalke's performance was was shockingly inept once more, wasn't it, Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Christoph would enjoy the opportunity to talk about how great Union were, but um, I think it's uh, it's a real problem week after week. I think watching Schalke is just, I mean. <laughs> I'm sure we all feel the same, you know, after so many years of watching Schalke not quite fulfill their potential, I guess we really shouldn't be surprised anymore, but it feels like a surprise every weekend when they seem to reach another level of, of bemusing or baffling disappointment. I mean, I understand that David Wagner doesn't always have, or at the moment doesn't have the players that he wants or may need in certain positions, but, you know, he didn't have a, a central midfielder playing um against Union. I mean, Salif Sane trying to play the holding midfield role uh, with, with Bastian Ochikpa at centre-back uh, just didn't seem like a good idea. And if we're honest, you know, they only got a point in this game because John Joe Kenny scores a goal that he may only score once in his career. So it was a bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card. And um, I think watching them this season, it, it sort of, I'm so surprised that they're not in the relegation fight, that they're just in mid-table. It's almost, It feels like a different time from when they seem to be playing reasonably well. Uh, but it's there's just no nothing about them that seems connected. There's a complete lack of creativity. I feel like there's a general performance issue when it comes to players. A lot of the, the signings they've made haven't come through. I mean, Raman started brightly, has drifted off, but you could argue that the system that they play doesn't benefit having a striker like that. Grigoric, again, not really fitting in the way that they want to. Um, yeah, I mean, it reflects the strangeness off the field that, that Christoph was just talking about. I think in fairness, you you, you have to say, I mean, Jonathan uh, already uh, named some of the problems uh, Wagner had. So when you looked on the bench, for example, uh, there were two empty places <laughs> that they couldn't fill because they don't have enough players anymore. They they uh, had some, some youngsters on the bench, the captain of the under-19 team. And, and, and so it, it is like, it, it was very improvised in many respects, um, but but because they they had to, I think they won a point and they were they were lucky. You could see that they have some good players, of course. I liked in a way the energy of Robbie Matondo, but altogether it it's a team running out of almost everything, and I think they can be happy that they uh, now have enough points that they almost surely uh, will avoid a, a relegation. Uh, if you think what they wanted to do this season, uh, return to international football, probably the Champions League, so they are the big underperformance of the season. Okay, well, Schalke have been underperforming, but it could be worse. They could be Werder Bremen. I was going to say. <laughs> we shouldn't laugh, really, because it is quite sad to see um, another blue chip team, a blue chip club of the Bundesliga being uh, in, in desperate trouble. But it feels a bit self-inflicted though, doesn't it? It feels very self-inflicted. Um, it certainly was self-inflicted when they lost uh, on Sunday against Wolfsburg. 1-0 uh, 
Wout Weghorst uh, unmolested, as we say in German, when he <laughs> had it in uh, the ball. Uh, Kevin Vogt um, being an admirer with social distancing in, in, in effect. Is this, is this the end for Werder Bremen? Is this the end for Florian Kohfeldt as well, Jonathan? I think so. Um, th they still have, you know, games that could turn the tide a little bit, but, uh, you know, they still have to play Mainz, Cologne and Paderborn. Um, the buying game being the one that they're obviously going to lose. So there is still the, the slimmest of, of hope, I guess. But, you know, I think Florian Kohfeldt said after the game that he has hope for the few games based on the performance against Wolfsburg. And I, I wonder whether that's the sign of a man desperately clinging to optimism at a time where there isn't necessarily any to find. Because Bremen, <laughs> I think the loss of Max Kruse has been a big, big problem for them in attack. I think they've really missed that connection between the two. But I also think in in another way, the way that they have played this season, yes, Corfoot deserves some uh, blame for that. But I also think he's been let down by some extremely bad performances by individuals um, and the team as a collective. I mean, in attack, they've got the worst defense and the worst attack in the league, I think. Um, so <laughs> there are obvious issues there. And when you start to dig a little bit deeper you know when players don't start to perform and things don't start to go your way um yeah I remember being very high on on Maxi Eggerstein uh, last year when he was in the Germany squad um and that's been a significant drop off and then you've got players like Josh Josh Sargent who who haven't really delivered on their potential so I think it's all round disappointing but you know you can also point some questions uh, towards towards Frank Bauman for some of the recruitment you know all my top rack didn't really work out Kevin Falked as we just said, uh, more of a spectator than a than a, a driver in the defence. So I think it's a combination of things, really. But it is very disappointing if they go down because they are such a big club and it doesn't feel like that long ago that they were uh, at the other end of the table. And I just realised that I called Max Kruse Axel Kruse on television yesterday. Apologies for that. That's a different Kruse. But um, <laughs> Christoph, what would you... What would you say? Is there still hope for this Bremen side? They're three points adrift of the relegation playoff for Dusseldorf, or was their performance again so abject that it's really hard to see them saving themselves? I already had my my doubts when they had this tiny stretch with uh, winning seven points from three matches, winning at Schalke, winning at Freiburg, and and drawing against Borussia Mönchengladbach in between. Because when you looked at the underlying numbers, they were quite lucky uh, there and um, I think against Wolfsburg you could see again all the problems they're having they don't score goals and they concede soft goals en masse and I don't see them coming back and I think you're right it's actually uh, pretty sad that uh, when they are going down because sometimes you have uh, clubs where you, you have the feeling yeah they deserve it uh, they have done everything <laughs> wrong for many years Hamburg. I mean Hamburg yeah <laughs> Yeah, Hamburg is the, the classical example uh, everybody like to uh, uh, to hate because uh, I mean they uh, uh, survived the, the relegation even in a very lucky fashion and 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 they did continue to to do everything wrong but but at, at Bremen I, I, I mean yes at the end of the season when they draw a line and look what they uh, did well and what they did wrong I think they will find out that they made 
made a lot of mistake, but it's not a uh, Werder Bremen. You don't have the expression that it's a rotten club to the core. I mean, there is a still a very close connection to the city, to the supporters. So, and and people were when they could attend matches and and uh, at, at the Weser Stadion, it was very frustrating because uh, they. I don't know how many home games they won, one or two or something like that. I mean, it was the the ultimate frustration, and people still were very patient. And and so, uh, because you were asking also about Florian Kofeld, I think there is even a tiny chance, or maybe a bigger than tiny chance, um, that he he will be the the coach in the next season as well. Well, he still continues to be. If not highly rated, then, then certainly respected as a coaching prodigy. But I think this will be a, a big test for him if he'll be indeed in la- allowed to to bounce back from from Verda's troubles and possible relegation this season. We have to talk about another couple of teams who had disappointing results. Um, Gladbach losing at Freiburg, a real dent for their Champions League places. And Leipzig with another draw. Um, this was the team, uh, in the words of Julian Nagelsmann, who was contesting their own Euros in the nine games of the restart. Uh, if that was true, I think they'd be eliminated from the group stage already. <laughs> they were the England. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far, Jonathan. I wouldn't go that far. Um, but uh, it, it is uh, worrying for them and f- for Gladbach as far as their Champions League places are concerned. Of course, they benefited from Leverkusen losing against Bayern, which was probably expected. But let's dig a little bit deeper into into Leipzig. Do you think, Christoph, that Timo Werner about to leave and Nagelsmann saying, well, we have two or three other players in a similar situation that they might go. Is this kind of a moment right now where it could go one way with Leipzig qualifying again for the Champions League and, and the, the project, you know, evolving, etc.? Or is there sort of a danger that things might be falling apart slightly here? I don't have the impression that things are falling apart at Leipzig right now. In fairness, you must say that they were were down for long t- uh, uh, to ten men for a long time against Paderborn, and Paderborn still is the the brave Paderborn fighting till till the end at every match, and so it's it's on paper it's a very easy op- opponent, and uh, they had some terrible results against big clubs like the uh, losing with six goals to Borussia Dortmund, but 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 still, my my impression is that Leipzig surprisingly is one of the team that is is lacking or belongs to the teams that are lacking the 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 audience they not need the support from from the crowd because it's it's not that terrific at Leipzig, but who maybe need this kind of energy in a stadium to 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 get a, a a very good display because they are young. They it's also a kind of emotional team. Uh, Julian Nagelsmann is also an emotional uh, coach. So so maybe this is um, a, a a point that is um, more important than you would expect. And those call and response charts of Rasen, Ballsport really make a difference <laughs> in the ground. I've seen it and heard it myself, but Werner leaving, is that a blow for Leipzig or is that really just inevitable um, and was to be expected, Jonathan? I think it's inevitable. Um, I also think it's part of the project. He's. Uh, I feel like the club is designed to, to, 
to develop young players, give them the opportunity to to reach their potential, and then to to sell them for a, for a profit. And um, Timo Werner is a perfect example of that. I also feel like Timo Werner is a pretty ambitious young striker. At least it seems that way from the outside. And uh, I'm not necessarily surprised by it, although it feels like maybe he and Nagelsmann and maybe the rest of the team were a bit distracted because he wasn't necessarily at his best against Paderborn and I would have thought that he could have scored at least one of the chances that he had. So maybe his mind was a little bit elsewhere, but I'm not surprised that he's moving on now. The team of Werner was involved in the fine build-up that resulted in Patrick Schick's goal, but as Christoph said, Leipzig being down to one man for lengthy sp uh, spell, thanks to Dio Upamecano's uh, red card, uh, but also a profitable week for them off the pitch because they had 100 million euros worth of debt by Red Bull um, converted into capital. Uh, and uh, so they're, they're that, that's free again, which is which is very nice. Uh, or is it, Christoph? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very nice for Leipzig, but it's interesting when you compare Leipzig, for example, to Schalke. We have talked about Schalke being heavy in debt, trying to make their head around how they can strengthen the, the squad uh, next season with almost no money at hand. If somebody would come and say, oh, out of your uh, 200 million in debts, we, we take 100 million away. That would help them enormously, and I mean, I've I've made the the point or, or also here um, here and there. It's it's a kind of um, financial doping that RB is is getting from from Red Bull, and they have an advantage over the competitors. And uh, yeah, and that uh, that's uh, one one of the problems in, in in German football. And yes, they are doing a real good job. Um, at Leipzig, no doubt about it, and they have a clear strategy. And also, selling uh, Timo Werner at that point is part of the strategy, but it's all funded by a lot of money uh, nobody else has. Not, not nobody, but uh, most of the clubs don't have uh, because they don't have this kind of support. That is true, of course. Um, Gladbach, though, uh, losing out of their own volition and, and losing really ground uh, again. Uh, is it inconsistency that we've seen from them since the restart or is it just a team that doesn't quite have the, the quality, the stability, the depth in the squad needed to keep up with their more well-financed and better rivals. I don't. I don't want to make any excuses for this team. I'm disappointed. Um, I, I think they have enough quality on the on the pitch to be winning these games. Uh, they should have lost to Bremen a few weeks ago, I think. And I think they were guilty, as you say, of, of throwing this game away against Freiburg. Freiburg are always one of those teams that you have to anticipate being uncomfortable. You know, Christian Streich's celebration afterwards is <laughs> proof of how much he knows how much this was a big coup for his team. Because, you know, what do you do? You, you keep the opposition at bay, you get your, your bit of luck in the game, and then you bring on Niels Pettersson. And let's be honest, your chances of scoring for Freiburg then go through the roof. So, Gladbach have to have to have known all of those things and I think they have to have done a better job. Obviously, Alessandro Player, Player being sent off was another example of maybe poor luck, but also just that lack of composure uh, in the final stretch of the season. You know, I let's not forget, I think a few a few months ago there was they were in position to challenge for the title, maybe outside wise, you know, obviously now it's always looking easy to say, oh Bayern Munich are winning the league again, but 
I think there was a moment this season where I, I genuinely thought if Gladbach could put together some form, they had an outside chance. And they just haven't done that. And I'm, I'm disappointed because I think this isn't a question of not necessarily having the experience. I think the quality is, is there in the players to have beaten the teams that they've faced. I think they've just not delivered. Right. Let's move on to teams who've actually won and played well uh, this weekend. There weren't that many of them. Um, I would say Dortmund just about fall into that category. It was a laboured 1-0 win. Uh, on Saturday against the defensive wall of Hertha Berlin. Oh yeah, against Hertha, yeah, against uh, against Hertha, the newly sexy old dame Hertha. Christoph, <laughs> <laughs> is this the kind of win and the kind of performance that will just quieten some of the noise that's been maybe coming up in the wake of their defeat against Bayern and, and the loss of of the league challenge, effectively? Or some of the rumblings surrounding Lucien Favre, surrounding Jaden Sancho and his future bound to continue into the off-season? What do you think? So my impression is that the depression um, after uh, losing against uh, uh, Bayern Munich wasn't that deeply felt among Dortmund supporters. I think, yeah, you think maybe we could have been the number one this year, but not really in the end. And and now we are the stable number two as in, in, in recent years. And then let's see what the next season will bring. Uh, new players, new talents coming from Mexico or from Spain or from wherever, maybe to as the new, some new J Sancho's or, or whatever. So so my, my impression is that things have calmed down at Borussia Dortmund. And as you said, this this kind of labored win um, helped them with it. Right. We'll have to wait, wait for the next Farva needs to go um, result then next week. <laughs> um, I think he wants to go on his own volition. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I personally think that if Dortmund had lots of alternatives to think about that they might have made a change but like Bayern um, they didn't really find themselves with many viable contenders when they when they wanted to um, make that change I don't think Niko Kovac is necessarily uh, the right man to take this Dortmund team that one step further so you better with the um, father you know I guess um, as far as Bayern are concerned, another impressive performance. They made it almost look effortless against Leverkusen's side, uh, against the Leverkusen team that played some pretty stuff, but then kind of self-destructed. Was this in the end, as much as we like to avoid cliches, another typical Leverkusen performance, Christoph? They tried something. They tried to find a very offensive solution, putting uh, Bayern Munich very high up the pitch under pressure and and it looked as if it work it would work um, with the one nil that um, Alario scored uh, early on in in the game. But on the other hand side, I mean, if you put up a lot of players uh, to to attack your opponent early, um, you're you're, uh, you're defensively more vulnerable, and you could say that uh, you could see that. I mean, um, they conceded some easy goals or at least 
they looked easy or Bayern made them look easy because uh, their form is so terrific and it's it's um, everybody is enjoying the game and uh, this week it's um, one player next week is the other player who is in Pep Guardiola would say top 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 form and uh, <laughs> so I wouldn't say typical Leverkusen blowing it in the end um, I think uh, to be fair there is uh, at the moment there is no team in the Bundesliga who is a real competitor for, for Bayern Munich Well perhaps Leverkusen wasn't able to compete with Bayern but uh, certainly one player left a big impression uh, Florian Wirth 17 year old became the youngest Bundesliga player to score goal when he outwitted World Cup winner Lucas Hernandez and Manuel Neuer with a f fine individual effort. Uh, the hype is is big, as we expected, but is it also warranted, Jonathan? <laughs> is it ever? I mean, he's only played 25 seconds of football, it feels like. So I am very keen to, uh, to let him go slowly before I jump on any, uh, any expressions of... of grandeur about him I mean obviously he's talented otherwise he wouldn't have been in and around the first team so young um, there's obviously already been you know the, the, the inevitable situation where with Kai Hervitz's future in doubt people thinking well you know Leverkusen have done well to to sort out his successor so to say but it's obviously far too early um, I'm impressed with 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 what he did against Bayern I thought in his previous couple of appearances uh, he, he looked very neat and tidy but nothing out of the ordinary um, yeah, obviously it, the, the last 20 minutes of that game felt like the opportunity for someone to get a goal to restore their confidence or to make a mark for themselves it, it felt inevitable like many the, like often the last 20 minutes of Bayern Munich games are it's the opportunity for Paderborn's right back to, to do something brilliant or for Leverkusen's <laughs> 17 year old attacking midfielder to stake his name you know it feels like that <laughs> and he took his chance so he deserves credit for that but I'm not ready to uh I don't think the hype train should be leaving the station yet. Okay, well, it was Florian Wirtz's first goal in the Bundesliga and it was the first use of in and around on the Steilkast pod. So top, top marks for that as well to you, Jonathan. <laughs> Christoph, before we go, I think we need to praise Leon Goretzka. It might be difficult for you, a former for, uh, Bochum player, but he is beginning to um, be a very muscular presence, um, pun intended, in this Bayern midfield. Uh, and really ran the show against Leverkusen. What, what what did you think of him? As a Bochum supporter, I'm I'm, I'm proud of seeing seeing someone from the Bochum academy evolving to a top player. And um, and I think uh, what you could also see in uh, I would say over a year it, within the last year. He became also the face. I mean, I'm, I'm going away from the sport for a second. He also became the a face for a new generation of, of football players. So, for example, he he started an initiative um, very early in the uh, a Corona crisis where he was um, uh, collecting money, not only, but also giving his personal money um, and lots of it um, to... Uh, anybody who approached them uh, to uh, who needed help, and I found that very impressive. He he's taking a stand against uh, racism for a long time, not not only yet over the last weekend or so. So he is a uh, um, very grown up 
man and uh, he becomes a voice of the um, of of uh, within German football and I think it's it's great to see and uh, maybe so this things come together you see somebody growing as a as a person as a man and you see him growing on the pitch and, and you're you're right he is now I think there were some doubts about him in in the past at, at Bayern but now he looks like a, a real Bayern player I couldn't have said it better myself uh, I think he's been hugely hugely impressive both on and off the pitch and uh, as you said not just involved in the Black Lives Matter protest this weekend where we saw a lot of teams taking the knee and some referees as well, but actually um, being a constant uh, voice uh, in the fight against racism. He also took a day out in this um, time off to visit the concentration former concentration camp of Dachau in near Munich, which I found uh, was very, very impressive. But Bayern and Goretzka, impressive all around, as were my guests, Christoph Biermann and Jonathan Harding. As usual, my thanks to them, my thanks to you, the listener. We hope to check in with you next week. That's it for today. Bye-bye.